Listeners, we have a cracking good episode for you today. Our guest is New York Times best-selling author Morgan McDonald, who's here to teach entrepreneurs like you how to turn your expertise into a money-making book. You'll learn Morgan's step-by-step blueprint for writing a commercially successful book that establishes your authority, attracts new leads, and generates lucrative back-end income. So join my co-host Brent Peterson as he picks Morgan's brain about her book writing framework that's helped over 500 entrepreneurs become published authors. They'll cover everything from choosing your niche and developing your book's big idea to navigating the publishing process and marketing your book for maximum profits. Brent will surely toss in a few of his silly jokes from the free joke project to keep things light. I'll do my best not to poke too much fun as he interviews our guest Morgan McDonald. Get ready to take notes on leveraging a book to grow your brand and business. But first, a word from our sponsors. Are you lost in the content creation chaos, struggling under the burden of high costs and complications? Does the thought of regular content posting make you break out in hives? We feel your pain, but don't despair. Your content hero has arrived. Introducing Content Basis, delivering unparalleled content creation and scheduling solutions crafted specifically for your audience and needs. Harnessing the power of AI, we efficiently deliver on-point content every time. Our US-based team meticulously reviews each piece, ensuring authenticity and precision. We value your unique voice and insights. You direct the final shape while we handle ideation to execution. With auto-scheduling, your content always finds its audience. And with bi-weekly check-ins, our strategies sync with your vision. At Content Basis, we're your dedicated ally in the content battlefield. From ideation to posting, we've got your content journey covered. Visit contentbasis.io and say goodbye to content chaos today. That's contentbasis.io. You're listening to Talk Commerce. Subscribe and download at talk-commerce.com. Welcome to this episode. Today I have Morgan Gist McDonald. And I got her name right. Otherwise, she wasn't going to tell. Never mind. So, Morgan, why don't you do an introduction for yourself? Tell us your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life. Sure thing, Brent. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited for our conversation. And um, I work with authors. So I am the CEO and founder of Paper Raven Books, and we help people write, edit, publish, market books, and we work a lot with um, folks who are writing nonfiction, business building kinds of books. So coaches, consultants, speakers, marketers who you know want to package up life lessons and stories and principles and frameworks into a book that um, then you can take with you on stage, give to clients, 
doing a book funnel if we want to go down the geeky route. Um, but yes, I spend most of my time in the kind of sales and marketing land of, of the business. And we have brilliant operations and editorial and design folks who, um, who really do the, the busy work. Um, and I shouldn't say busy, the, <laughs> it is busy, uh, but the very, uh, you know, fundamental and important work of, of editorial and, and design and publishing as well. Yeah, thank you for that. And passions? Do you have a passion in life outside so, of writing books? We do. So as I was telling you before we hit record, we recently moved from Colorado to West Texas. And when we moved out here, we decided that we wanted to do, we being my, my husband and I, uh, wanted to do something that was unique to this area that we wouldn't normally have an opportunity to do. So we have become pilots private pilot licenses and so um yeah we uh we're, we're now flying the skies in our cessna 172 it's great wow that's exciting my son-in-law is a pilot as well commercial in the ever-evolving retail landscape one platform is changing the game ushering in a retail renaissance that puts relationships at the forefront welcome to and dear Endear is a CRM built for omni-channel brands, empowering them with the consumer data to deliver a personalized, efficient customer experience that drives sales and retention. Imagine a tool that intuitively understands your customers' needs, giving your brand a remarkable edge. Don't believe us? Geronimo from Rebag says, I've used every CRM from Salesforce down and Endear is the best one I've found for us. With Endear, your team isn't just selling products and crafting stories that resonate, nurturing connections that last. It's not just a CRM. It's a tool that empowers your sales associates to make personalized connections, bridging brands and customers like never before. Ready to redefine retail clienteling with a platform trusted by hundreds of omni-channel brands around the globe? Request your Endear demo today and enter a future of enriched connections and unparalleled customer loyalty. Um, good. So, you know, I, I like the way, you know, I, I know that uh, we in our green room, we talked a little bit about um, content and, and writing and, and maybe the importance of a book for a entrepreneur or a solopreneur. And um, as I said, it, I remember the three pillars. They are if you're public speaking and then you have an outlet channel like a blog or a podcast, the third pillar would be a book. So tell us a little bit about Let's let's. I would like to dive into the click funnel, but tell us a little bit about why that that book part of that equation is important. Yeah, well, a book is interesting because it is both sort of positioning, right? It helps with your brand as an author, and that's what many people will sort of talk about is is gives you credibility, and you know when people introduce you on a stage, whether it's a real stage or a virtual stage, you know they'll often mention that you're an author of such and such book, which for that audience really positions you as as an expert. And I would suggest that there is something special about the process of writing the book, that when you do take that time to organize your thoughts and actually write them out, you um, discover new angles or nuances to 
your frameworks, your methodology, your even your life stories, and you kind of you come out of that writing process really owning your message and and um, you know what you are contributing to your field in a totally new way. It, it often offers an entirely new perspective on the work that you do and the contribution you're making. So um, that's a, that's an important part of of why write the book as well. Yeah, I can say that. The, so I'm in EO Minnesota, Entrepreneurs Organization, and our chapter president just wrote a book. He he's a he has a capital fund or a, a, a yeah a private equity fund that he runs, and he wrote a book about about profitability and things like that. And it was it was interesting, and you do get a good perspective on people's point of view uh, when you do see something like that. Uh, so the other thing we that we kind of hinted to was, uh, what if I wanted to start a book or what if I wanted to write a book? How, how do you help people through, navigate that process? Yeah, well, I think first and perhaps most intimidating is, you know, that big question of like, well, what am I even writing about? Identifying that scope of what's going to be included in the book and why and what am I intentionally sort of not including in the book and also why. Um, and, you know, you did mention uh, with, with me before we hit record, Brent, that you're curious about if you were to write a book <laughs> it seems like you you said you've been told that you should write a book would you be interested in kind of going through an exercise with me on this yeah absolutely and full transparency you know i have a lot of linkedin followers and i swear that i get at least one message a month saying hey i'll write your book for you or for eight thousand dollars i'll write i'll help you write your book or whatever i mean i'm just throwing out fake numbers but yeah, I'm. I it would be interested in in kind of walking through that process as long as we can get it done in less than four hours. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me four minutes. Um, yeah, certainly. And of course, we're not going to create an outline or anything together. But um, sometimes I've discovered that even just the getting started with you know what is the scope of this book question can 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 get the wheels turning in, in kind of the right direction so okay so brent let's do a little bit of a thought experiment a quick thought experiment so you you've produced a lot of content right you write on you know medium you have the big linkedin following you do a lot of podcasting you, you do a lot of presentations what are some of the topics that you get most excited about like when when someone says come talk to us about this. Um, what do you get most excited about? Yeah, this is going to sound odd, and I'm not a project manager, but for the longest time, almost 10 years now, I've been giving talks about project, manage about project management, but keying in on how that customer experience is so important in project management and, and talking about how your communication as a project manager needs to be one step above what the client expects in that process. Um, and the very first time I did this, I was really hoping to resonate with clients. And the funny part is that I had so many developers who were working either independently or on a team that said, hey, I don't, I, I didn't even think of that. I didn't think that I should give a weekly report to my client or I should communicate other than just email or on a phone call. There's so many things that came up through that process. So that's what I've been doing, you know, for like 10 years in presentations. Uh, there's been other topics that I've spoken about in, a, in, in and around e-commerce, which, you know, is a very broad subject. Does that align with kind of 
what you want to continue talking about for the next few years? I mean, could you, do you see yourself, um, you know, wanting to keep having this conversation about how to design and, and communicate great, um, I'm, I'm struggling just a little bit with the word, but like, I want to, I, yeah, I know where like you're going and it, I would, you know, like, but that customer experience, the, the deliverance of, of what the customer sees and hears from from the their team that they've just hired um do you want to keep talking about this yeah i don't that's a really good great question no <laughs> would be my short answer let's um, not talk about this then <laughs> yeah you know I, I i think it's a really interesting subject and uh, i don't know how well it's been used you know i don't know how well it's been pounded on i think the more like for relevant i i, I feel like to be a present to give a presentation about a topic you have to have relevant or something that's relevant for the times right so ai content generation through ai and the importance of humans in content generation and that type of subject i think is is very spot on right now i also feel like that you know everybody everybody's brother and sister now are writing a book using chat gpt to build to write an entire book about content generation using content generation so i I do kind of feel like that might be overused. Um, Let's, but I think I, I there's... Wanna, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No. I want to highlight something that just happened, which is very common for anyone who's kind of listening in and, and you're thinking about maybe your own book. Many times when we produce content, people will sort of parrot back to us or we will assume that because we've produced a lot of content on this topic, we should like and should be obligated to write a book on that content. Um, and that's not always the case, right? So simply because you've done a lot of presentations or a lot of talks or you've had a career doing this or you know any of those reasons, that does not obligate you to write the book on it simply because you have amassed a lot of knowledge and experience. Um, instead, you know that would be sort of letting, the, letting history or your past dictate what the book is. I would suggest that you are pulled forward by the vision of what's in your future. So if you if you cast the vision out five or ten years and you're like, I'm going to still be talking about this, and there's a sinking dread in your stomach <laughs> that, oh my gosh, I'm still going to be talking about this, um, that's a good sign to say, no, let's not write the book about that because the book will add you know m momentum to that message. You will find yourself talking about it more. So if you don't want to talk about it more, don't write the book on it. <laughs> That's that's a great point. Um, so instead, are we interested in AI and content generation? Yeah, I mean, I think that's super exciting, and I I think especially, you know, times are changing with uh, with the way the internet is doing and what Google is doing and how content in general doesn't matter how you develop the content. And I guess I would like to set aside the fact that how the content is developed could be written by a college student in their dorm room, could be written by ChatGPT could be written by Stephen King, right? If I have Stephen King write me content about how to how to make my e-commerce web website perform better, A, I'm going to want to edit it. Be, not that I don't trust Stephen King or that I think he's not a great writer. He is a great writer, but I want to make sure that that's relevant for what I want to do. So I feel as though um, content for anything needs to be sort of not scrubbed, but at least edited and looked at by an expert in or someone who's going to know about that subject and then be able to um, uh, be able to make sure that whatever's written is relevant to the audience.
Okay, and this is something you'd be excited to keep talking about for the next, call it five years. Sure, yeah, I think so. I, I think it, you, you know, even if we take away ChatGPT, I've been interested in the content generation part of it. I think it's just accelerated and, and allowed us to have more of a, a consistent channel of generate the, to generate the content. Yep, yep. Okay, cool. So that's box checked. Next box is thinking about your reader. So we, we started with you, you know, Brent, what do you want to write about? Are you excited about it? Next side is the other side of this is the reader. And why do you feel like this is relevant to the reader right now? Like what problem does this solve for them or what new understanding does this give to a, to a potential reader? I think number one, educating anybody that content is still king and is going to be more king on the internet, right? People want to know about whatever they're buying. They want to have some education. Um, they want to read about all the things that have to do with whatever product or service you're selling. The more you can educate those people about that product or service, the better your uh, positioning. I mean, if we're just looking at pure SEO, the better that Google is going to position you if you are placing yourself as, as an authority on that subject of your product or service. If you're not doing that and all you're doing, you might as well just go on Amazon and sell something, right? Then you're just with everybody else doing it. Otherwise, if you want to get strong SEO on your site uh, naturally, but also even for paid ads, you need to have strong content. And why is it urgent for, think about like the savvy reader, the one who wants to keep the edge, who's always looking to like improve. Why would they need to do this now and not a few years down the road? Well, there's the, isn't the example of the tree? When is the best time to plant a tree? Now? Yeah, but we need years to ago? a little, and, we got to go a little edgier, you know, like relevant timeliness, right? Is, yeah. is also important. Um, so what's happening now that if someone were to take advantage of your insights on content generation, especially sort of in that, you use the e-commerce example, um, what, what kind of advantage do they have over folks and why? I think we should go, we go back to the idea of just selling strictly on Amazon. Even mm -hmm. if you're, if you've written a book and you put your book on Amazon, but nobody knows about you as the author, yeah. Amazon is going to give you a nice little author page. Um, there has to be some, there has to be something more than your title and your product description, yeah. a video or a, or a audio or a, some kind of a tutorial guide, whatever that product or service is, the more education, the more information that people can find out about it to help them in purchasing it, the better you are going to be positioned to sell your product or service. Yes. And I'm starting to sound like a big ad. <laughs> well, and part of the reason I love doing this exercise with podcast hosts is because so often your listeners are listening to this show right now because they love you. They actually love you, the host, right? Like that's why they keep coming back to this show. So it does give us a little bit of a, a reason to highlight you for your own listeners, which is always fun. Um, but what I heard there, Brent, if I could sort of mirror back a couple of things that, that could be helpful for you to take away from this conversation if you want to go think about your book. Um, there's, there's a new, I almost hear like a, the next era in 
e-commerce is is sort of is coming right because we had you know um originally like if we wanted to do kind of the history of e-commerce it's like originally you had you know just people buying straight off of websites very ugly websites <laughs> right and, and and all we had basically was sort of paypal or something similar and then amazon really emerged to um make it possible for lots of people to put products on amazon but differentiation is almost impossible and so this next era is going to be all about not only differentiating your product but differentiating you as the seller someone who's trustworthy someone who um, you know is solving the problem that their audience has someone who is human like I think that is actually going to become more important as uh, you know our average buyer becomes uh, sophisticated realizing how much of this content is AI generated, they're actually gonna gravitate toward the folks who are more human. So it's like you're, you're potentially, it could be framed as you're like the leading edge of the next generation of, of e-commerce. And, and perhaps we even drop the E at some point. It's just the next generation of commerce, of selling things to people. You know, I think about that book by Dan Pink, you know, to sell is human. And I, I think there's something like a participation in that kind of conversation where you're like, you know, if you're if you are going to sell online, in person, mobile, desktop, you know, whatever it is, you know, this this content is what will set not only your product apart, but you apart, and you will have sort of that long-lasting um, brand. So that's just some of the things that that I was I was um, intuiting, I guess, as you as you were talking. Does this is this feeling? Am I am I on the right sort of wavelength? What are you thinking when you hear me talk about it that way, Brent? No, that's fantastic, and you know, I think full transparency, I am participating in a book right now. I wrote a chapter, uh, so I'm I'm. One step ahead, one step into the not the grave. <laughs> I'm one step. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm one step perhaps. into the book. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I wrote a chapter on e-commerce. Believe it or not. There you go. And it's about there how to monetize your content. There you go. <laughs> yes. So we won't. As I said, we're not going to get all the way through sort of an outline um, or anything. I, I think you know that's. I hope it's helpful for people to hear talking through that, and you can take yourself through some of those same types of questions of what do I want to talk about? Do I want to keep talking about that five years from now? Um, when I when I get solid on the content that I want to talk about, now we need to think about it from the reader's perspective. Why is this? Um, important to the reader? Why is this timely for the reader? If we can get some sort of, you know, leading edge on that content, uh, that will make it all the easier to market when that book is ready to market. And we can kind of jump over to some of that marketing stuff too, if you'd like, Brent. I know we talked about Amazon and book funnels and some fun things. Yeah, too. let's talk about the book funnel. And I just, I did just one comment. I did see a Daniel Pink talk, and it was really interesting. I think he talked when his book came out. It was the regret, the power of regret. Uh, was the talk that I bought up and it was around his book which I think is interesting like he had just written the book and I saw the talk and then he had free books at his talk and um, I can see how they tie together yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I mean, much in line of what you were just mentioning is, yes, you're going to probably sell books on Amazon and we can talk about how to optimize Amazon and you're going to sell books elsewhere, right? You're going to sell books in person. You might have an e-commerce store. Uh, you might have a book funnel, uh, which is essentially an e-commerce store, except it's much more direct response marketing style, right? It's like a landing page with an, a single option <laughs> to buy or not to buy um, is, is really a book funnel. Um, but all of it is uh, is going to use the same type of messaging, the same type of content, and your your it, it builds you as the author, the author brand. So if we talk about, uh, let's just let's dive into the book funnel. Um, so as you you kind of spread it out to invite as many people that would be interested, and that's kind of the top of the funnel. Kind of walk us through those stages. Yep. Yeah, so uh, a book funnel, um, I would in fact begin with the end in mind, uh, particularly when we are talking about nonfiction business building books, right? So we want to think about what do I hope my readers want to do at the end of the book. So imagine they finish reading the book and do I want them to become a one-on-one -on -one client of mine? Do I want them to join my community sort of membership? Do I want to um, grow more of a movement, right? So maybe I want uh, to facilitate some sort of larger social change or um, have some kind of social commentary. Think about what you want to invite people to do because that will help you to think through what do you want to offer people because it's, it's more than a book, right? People are going to want more than a book. They can get a book from Amazon. That's probably more convenient for them, in fact, <laughs> to go get it from Amazon. So in order for a book funnel to really work, it has to have an offer that is different than anything else that they can get online. So you want to think about, yes, the book, but also what are some bonuses that you can include with the book that they can only get from you. And those bonuses will, um, will, will be dictated somewhat by the business model that you have. Um, so it could be, you know, the audio version of the book is an easy bonus. It could include some courses that you have. It could include membership to a community or a trial membership to a community. Um, it could include, you know, uh, tickets to one of your live events, um, again, depending on, on the model, what's available to you um, from your business model. And then you'll also want to go ahead and start thinking about what would I want to include as a one-click upsell. Um, that's, I, and I realize, you know, I asked, I asked you at the beginning, Brent, before we hit record, how geeky do we want to get? <laughs> we are getting fairly geeky, but I mean, you, you folks, if you've done one-click upsells before, you know that it's just the next offer. They simply are seeing the next offer right away <laughs> rather than later. And so um, I find it very helpful to sort of map all of those things out at the very beginning because it doesn't matter how many eyeballs you put the book funnel in front of. If the offer doesn't convert, it's not going to get a return on ad spend. So you need a book. I recommend three additional bonuses on that same sales page so that they see a reason to buy from you rather than somewhere else. And then have in your mind, what is that next upsell, that next thing that you're going to offer them immediately after they buy the book? It could upsell into a um, you know, substantial course. It could even upsell into just a phone call 
you know, if you want to offer them, if you want to say, you know, normally I have an application fee, but for you, because you've purchased the book, um, I'd like to offer a, you know, a free discovery call or strategy call or whatever you, you term it in your business. That's an option. So, um, so kind of map all those things out before we get to building the book funnel itself. And uh, once we have something that we're ready to test, then I think we can take it back out to the top you know, the top of the funnel, where are people going, going to see this? And then you're into paid, paid advertising kind of strategy. You're thinking about Facebook ads or Google ads or YouTube ads. Um, you know, you want to, you want to take it straight out to paid advertising as you would with, with a Shopify store. Am I starting to answer no, the that's, question? That's I know I went roundabout. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Do, so if you think about, I mean, I've heard of different models for writing a book and, and one of them is just that component of having uh, an extra piece to make you more of an authority in the space that you're speaking in um, without the idea that you necessarily have to profit on the book. Um, I know you want to monetize the book. Is there, a, is there always a profit component to it or should would that just be a piece of the puzzle in which you work on your different uh, content components. Well, you hit, you led me right to the moment, Brent, where I'm gonna burst some bubbles. <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance. Um, because we, I very rarely see an author make a significant amount of money from the book sales itself. And the reason for that is because you have to market the book. You know, and so you end up paying either time, money, energy, resources um, to get the book out there. And the book is a $20 product, right? It is a low priced, low profit margin product. And so selling one single book is typically not going to provide enough of a profit margin to really make a substantial amount of income off of one book. And so I will typically, you know, um, this is both what I've seen and it's what I suggest to our, you know, our author community is like, you make money from books in two ways. Way number one, you sell one book and you uh, profit off the back end products and services. Your coaching, consulting, membership, course, uh, speaking fees, that sort of thing. Number two, you write a lot of books. And so when someone finds one book, they might buy more books from you, just increased number of products um, and the number of income streams that you have. They're all books, but there are more products for people to buy. And so for nonfiction, we are typically looking at selling one book, kind of, yeah, break even or lost leader because we intend to profit from the back end products and services. And so, so if you, if we were to talk to an entrepreneur, it seems like there's a couple of different types of nonfiction they'll write. One is just, here's how you can do this thing better. Um, and there's the type of book that would be, uh, conceptual. Um, I think Malcolm Gladwell, who's also a great storyteller, um, or what's his name? Cynic. Um, he wrote the who asked. Yeah, Simon Sinek. Um, and then there's the sort of inspirational stories that people have gone through adversity. And is there a is there a specific type of nonfiction? I suppose it all depends on what you what your internal 
drive is, right? And I suppose that the, the um, inspirational nonfiction is, are a lot of times the keynote that is giving an inspirational story to help drive that, that idea and that helps pay for their keynote and their book. Yes. Um, I think a lot of different types of nonfiction can work for a business model with a back end. Um, and you would want to know what it is, again, that you're leading people toward. So certainly a how-to, I mean, that's what I wrote. It's a how to write a book. It's a book about how to write a book. <laughs> and then I help people write and publish a book, right? So that leads right in. Um, it gets a little bit murkier when you get into inspirational story because sometimes as the writer, we lose sight of the reader. And so I would highly encourage anyone who, if you want to include inspirational stories, that's fantastic. Storytelling is very impactful. It's, uh, it, it leaves an impression in your reader's mind. There's an emotional connection with the reader. Um, and you want to make sure you land on a point. You know, that there is there's a driving point for the reader um, that is going to be somehow related to your business or your message. And so that's just something that we tend to work with with folks. You know, it leans more memoir, essentially, um, when you're telling your own story. Now, I would encourage you if you have any sort of like uh, frameworks or lessons learned or principles that you can sort of um, attach to the side <laughs> of, the, of the inspirational story, that can help to lead people to see, ah, this is how I might continue to work with this person. Maybe it's I'm involved in their um, you know, community. Maybe there's a paid community aspect or, um, or maybe there's even a nonprofit aspect. I'd like to support this nonprofit. Uh, Pencils of Promise was a, an example of that. It was a nonfiction memoir style book and it brought people to buy into this message of this nonprofit organization, raise a lot of money that way. Um, so just think about, you know, when the reader goes through this chapter by chapter by chapter, at the end of the book, again, how do they want to, to work with me? And, and many of those different styles can, can work so long as you approach it with that intention. Where am I leading the reader? I, I used to travel to Ireland a lot, and I, the Irish are fantastic storytellers. They can be, um, they can be very long-winded storytellers as well. So I do appreciate knowing where you're going. Uh, and I would encourage you to watch the show Dairy Girls if you like Irish culture, because there's a particular character who drones on and he talks like, you know. So I, I can appreciate that the inspirational story sometimes sometimes can turn into uh, something that you're just, okay, I'm tired of this. This is not even inspirational. I'm going to put it down because it, it either doesn't go anywhere or it's just completely boring. Yeah, sad but true. But yes, that's something that we really have to work with authors um, on a memoir is making it very compelling, a super compelling narrative. And if there is going to be a business behind it, what is that business that we're leading people toward? So in your business, Paper Raven Books, how what, what are the types of people that you see most of now? And is it is it a mixture of fiction and nonfiction or is it mainly just nonfiction work that people are coming to you for? We do nonfiction, fiction, and memoir. Um, we started out just nonfiction, but we discovered that some of the ways that we approach marketing a book and particularly building the author's email list um, were very helpful to um, especially fiction folks. So our authors still tend to be very entrepreneurial in nature, um, but what they ultimately want is a list of readers. They want a fan base. They want 
you know, uh, loyal readership because they want to continue serving those readers either with a business, you know, products and services or with more books. You know, if they're writing fiction, they might be writing a whole series. And so they want to gather that readership. And so one of the things I highly recommend, whether your book is, well, especially if you're going to use Amazon primarily as your place of selling the book, I highly recommend having some sort of, um, call it a, a lead magnet in the fiction world, it might be called a reader magnet, but you know, a list building freebie in the book. Um, use a QR code because Amazon has recently shut down <laughs> links. Uh, you can't click links from, from the look inside uh, anymore. And so QR codes you know, for, for building that list. And uh, we've been, you know, our authors have been very successful at bringing people from the book to an email list. And then once they're on that email list, now you can sell them the back-end products and services. You can also ask them for a review, which that's one of the most painful parts of the process. Most people don't realize before they publish a book, getting a review on a book is really challenging. <laughs> and so if you're already bringing people onto an email list, it's a great opportunity to ask them to leave a review and, uh, and easily link them back to your page to leave a review. So practical tip there, every single book that we work with, we recommend doing that. Yeah, I, I do want to ask you about that because I found it, I find it very hard just to get people to listen or to give me a review on my podcast. And, you know, we're from Minnesota, so we are, you know, traditional Scandinavian Lutherans who don't believe in in talking to other people just outwardly, right? Our, our, our extroverts are, I'm going to look at your shoelaces instead of my shoelaces, right? So um, sometimes that direct approach, it'd be better if I was from New York and I just say, hey, just every two days I send you an email, did you leave me a review yet? Why not? Uh, <laughs> is that what it takes sometimes? So that's not what I've needed to do. And I mean, not that... <laughs> Again, not that I have like a New York Times bestselling book or anything, but I've got 17 going on 1,800 reviews on my book, and I don't pound people asking for reviews. Instead, what I've done is at the very beginning of my book, you can see it on Amazon. If you go search for Start Writing Your Book Today by Morgan Gist McDonald, you'll see it right there on Amazon. If you click the look inside, you'll notice there's a page. Um, I need to reset it so that it jumps to the right page, but ideally, it jumps to kind of the preface or the author's note of the book. It's the first thing people see when they go to look inside, and I offer the audiobook for free. Basically, I'm emailing the MP3 file, right? This is not complicated. <laughs> but they go to a landing page, they give me their email address, I email them the MP3 file. Seven days later, I follow up autoresponder, and I say, hey, hope you loved the book. Hope you got something valuable from it. Um, if you could, I'd you know, be honored if you would leave a review. Link to the Amazon page, leave a review. And then 21 days after that, I follow up and say, hey, hope you had a chance to finish the book and, and leave a review. If you didn't, no problem. There is still time to leave a review. Just click this link. Now, of course, there's always time. <laughs> but it sort of triggers. It's one of those, like, you know, the wording technique things that you use. Um, it just reminds people, like, oh, right, I meant to leave a review. Click the link, leave a review. And that's it. That's all I do. Um, and it does result in new reviews every single week. And the more that I get out there and promote the book, the more the people see the book, grab that freebie. And now I'm emailing people basically every day, asking them to leave a review just because of a three email autoresponder. 
right? Well, that that makes a lot of sense. The first step is to ask. But I did I did see your book on all right. I so I see your book on Amazon. So what you're saying is that uh, the the written form of the book uh, you're offering as a as a freebie from a from an MP3 standpoint. Is that right? So when any version of the book that people buy, the first few pages offer the audiobook for free. Say, thank you for buying my book. Go to this link and I'll give you the audiobook for free. Um, because it's at the beginning of the book, when you click look inside, you see that, that page right away. Um, and, and that's it. Yeah, I'm just offering the audiobook for free. Interesting. Okay, good. Good tip. Thank you. Yeah. I guess we're done. Bye. No. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an um, audiobook. It could be just it could be a, a PDF guide, a checklist, a companion course, a printable, uh recipes, meditations. I've seen uh Spotify playlists, <laughs> you know, lots of things. <laughs> Nobody's um, gonna want my Spotify you. playlist, but thank you. Um, no, no, then don't don't use that as a freebie, Brent. <laughs> Do something that converts. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just joking with you. Um, so all right, so um, the um, the process of getting in touch with you and and this this formula. Tell tell us a little bit about that process, and and you've already made it super easy. I'm already halfway done with my book, and it's only been 35 minutes, so I think that's fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about that process. Sure. So we kind of meet people where they are in the process. So some folks come to us with a finished manuscript and they're like, I don't know if this is good or not. Can someone read it, please? <laughs> and so we will review manuscripts. One of our senior book coaches will review it, provide um, you know, written feedback and a coaching call and kind of walk you through what the book needs for publication. We can do a market analysis. We can show you the keywords and categories and things that would get the book um, you know, the highest visibility on the Amazon platform, talk you through kind of different marketing strategies. So we can do that if you already have a finished manuscript. And um, if you don't have a finished manuscript, we can work with you to write it if you want. We have ghost writers if people are interested in that um, and uh, writing groups and, and things like that kind of help with that writing process. Get you to finished manuscript and then we can take it you know, the rest of the way. Cover design, interior design, publish, market, launch, podcast tour, <laughs> you know, fun, fun things like that when you're, when you're launched in the book too. So we kind of customize it for, for where you're at and what you, what you want out of your, your publishing journey. And do people choose to print and, and electronic and audio? Is it typically all those, all the above? We always recommend ebook and paperback and hardback. Um, and audiobook is kind of optional, but certainly, you know, if you have, for instance, if you're Brent and you have a podcast and people know you for your podcast, you might want an audiobook because people are used to listening to you. And when you mention it on your podcast, you know you're talking to people who listen to, to audiobooks or listen to audio content already. Um, but that would be, yes, a, an optional thing, technically. And do typically the, does the writer a lot of times record their own audio podcast? And I suppose if they're recording it themselves, you save a little money. You can. Um, yeah, you can certainly record your own. And um, how that typically works is you're in a room like this, like we're currently in Riverside, a uh, platform like this, where you're talking into the microphone and you have the sound engineer with you so they can make sure that everything is the you know quality 
quality controlled. Um, and then you might, once you get sort of the okay on that, you might sort of continue to record the rest of the book and, and then they edit it uh, at the end. Or you can hire it out because there's lots of voice talent. So that's very possible as well. Have you seen anybody do um, complete uh, audio read with a uh, AI tool like Eleven Labs or anything like that yet? So I have not personally purchased one of those audiobooks, so I don't know what the reader experience is like. Um, but it'll be interesting. They're getting better and better. I'm optimistic. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to. Yeah, I have to believe it, there's probably going to be a little bit. There would have to be some editing in it because it never never quite comes out right, but probably saves a lot of time. It's worth trying. Yeah, if you don't mind getting in there and, and kind of, um, yeah, fiddling with the with the editing at the end, worth trying. Um, so we have a few minutes left. Is there anything that you would like to get across to the listeners, maybe how to get in touch with you and... Um, inspirations to get started and things like that? So I would encourage folks, one of the biggest questions I get is, you know, when should I write the book? You know, I'm not famous yet. <laughs> should I wait until I'm famous and then write the book? <laughs> and I will just say that my personal journey was, I wrote the book earlier on in my business journey. I think I had, my business was referral only for, for many years. And I had a list of, I don't know, a hundred folks who I had convinced to give me their, you know, email addresses for my newsletters. So it was not, I was not sort of like a very far along in, in marketing. Um, but I went ahead and wrote the book because I wanted to give it to clients and, and, and put it up on Amazon and, and kind of get that visibility. And I've grown a business kind of off the back of the book. And you learn so much about your frameworks, your methodology, your lessons learned, um, as you're doing the writing and, you know, when you're famous, you can write the next book. <laughs> and so that's something that I, I talked to a lot of new authors about. People are always like, well, how do you get the visibility? You can get visibility on Amazon, you know, uh, just like SEO, Amazon has keywords and categories and things like that. A tool that we use is Publisher Rocket. It's pretty inexpensive. I think it's like 97 bucks or something. Um, but you can mine for keywords and categories just like you would on Google, YouTube, um, any of these kinds of, of platforms. And there's still organic reach on Amazon. So you get your book up there, you've got your list builder in there, and um, the, every time you talk about your book or promote your book, you are not only selling the book, but you are building your email list, which can be really helpful in growing that business. So that's kind of the, the uh, question I get asked a lot. So I don't know if that's helpful for folks. And certainly if you'd like to know more, you can always um, go to my book, start writing your book today uh, on Amazon, or uh, you can go to my website, paperravenbooks.com. That's awesome. Um, for, so one last question. Um, if if uh, you had mentioned having more books makes it better, if do you, if if you had a formula formula as a writer, is it better to just try to churn out content in a book? And at some point, does it does the cost of writing it and just putting it up at least electronically balance out with the number of that you have to print or, um, yeah, I, I know that's very subjective because who knows how long it takes yeah. to write anything. But the, 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 the end part of that is it's, it, it has been common for people to say, Oh, you have a blog. You want just make your blog into a book. And I always have to believe it's a little harder to make your blog into a book than just making your blog into a book. 
it it is harder than just you don't want to just copy and paste your blog posts into a book and and, and call that the book because ultimately um you need to be solving some sort of problem for the reader, right? And um, the content in the book needs to build chapter by chapter, you know, a series of epiphanies or understandings or new realizations for, for your reader such that when they end your book, they know something new or they understand something differently than they did before toward a specific outcome, I would recommend. So I am helping people to achieve what? I'm helping people to achieve, you know, writing their book. I'm helping people to achieve, um, you know, creating content for their commerce, you know, their e-commerce store so that they can be a more successful, uh, you know, e-commerce brand. Uh, I am helping people to, uh, you know, raise awareness for education around the world. I'm helping people, you know, what is that big topic that you're helping people to gain an understanding around? And then every single chapter should build on um, the previous one so that they have a fuller understanding by the end um, toward, again, toward a specific challenge or struggle or frustration that they have in life. And so the danger with blog posts is they address lots of different challenges. So can you at least arrange them so that chronologically it makes sense um, you know, toward a specific outcome that, that you're trying to get the reader toward? Um, I, does that kind of help, Brent? Uh, yeah, no, that's great. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah. I would just, re I would just start from scratch if I had to. I would pick – what I would do is I would pick the blogs that I felt like maybe these could all stack together in a book – and then I would go and sort of um, draft a new outline of the book and maybe copy-paste relevant paragraphs and sections, but let the book be a different experience for the reader, one whole experience for the reader, and use the blog post as inspiration. Yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Uh, Morgan Gist McDonald. MacDonald. Yes. Got it right. That's right. It yeah, is Scottish, thank you, not Irish. Thank you, Sorry. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Um, at the end of every podcast, I give the uh, guest an opportunity to do a shameless plug about anything you want. So you could well, plug the you could plug something in Midland, Texas, or your book, or whatever you'd like to plug today. Well, thank you, Brent. It's been an honor to be here, and of course, I would shamelessly plug my own book. <laughs> So it's called Start Writing Your Book Today, uh, a step-by-step -step guide to write your book from your nonfiction book from first draft to finished manuscript. So it is all about the writing process. Uh, if you feel like you get stumped there, then it is kind of my how-to guide on um, how to organize your thoughts and, and start that, that first draft process. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Brent. It's an honor. Talk Commerce is a production of Content Basis, LLC. For more creative content, go to contentbasis.io.